0: From field to table and flame to fork, the pursuit of the outdoor connection is ingrained deep within one's spirit. The draw to the flame of a campfire is felt from around the world. Why do we hunt? Pull up a seat. We have a story to tell. Welcome to our campfire. All right, here we are, episode thirteen of well, lucky episode thirteen. Yeah, 13's part.
1: always been a lucky number for me.
0: Oh, it's it's one of those numbers. Like I'm not superstitious, where but it's, yeah, I, I just don't like it for some reason ever since I was a kid. But I I think this was a great episode though because uh, well I think I think we got lucky with having Joe and Kristen Appel on, really wonderful people, and
1: I'm I was really happy they took the time to talk with us tonight. I think. Uh, they had lots of great things to say, and, and uh, yeah, just super nice people.
0: Oh, just great great spokespeople in in general when it comes to uh, the outdoor pursuits, and yeah, just I, I always love having a chat with Joe, so it was great to actually get some time with the, the new baby that uh, they've got in their life to uh, cooperate and get them both on, Joe and Kristen, so yeah. yeah whenever you have a little baby, everything's tentative, right? Yeah, there was a disclaimer at the beginning. I think it was before we started recording that said, "Oh, the baby might act up, and one of us might have to fly off." But he cooperated for the hour we were on, and that was great. Great conversation. So it's spring. It's well, it's almost mid-June, so it's coming up summer, and bear season is well underway, and they're starting to they're starting to pair up and rut. Saw a great big old chocolate boar trying to we'll call it hit on a sow in uh, buddy's field about a week ago. She wanted no part of him. She kept chasing him away, but they're probably going pretty hardcore right now. What's the action looking like down around you? Have you had time to get out?
1: Uh, yeah. I haven't actually been out hunting bear uh, recently, but I've been out doing other things. And yeah, I've noticed the, uh, the sows and the boars are together now. So they're, uh, they're pairing up.
0: Awesome. What about Turkey? Did you get a chance to get out after I was down there?
1: <laughs> no, excuse me. No, I didn't actually. I had a really busy spring and our turkey hunt happened to be my only opportunity to go So it was uh, unfortunate, but uh, yeah, there's always next year. We'll have to get you to come down again and uh, kick (laughs) at it. Yeah, that was,
0: that was fun. Uh, My, my first experience filming Turkey was a great time, but didn't, didn't, uh, didn't get anything down, but had Jesse and Tash from Filter Studios kind of shadowing us and that's going to be a fun video and well, We'll call it a film. Sounds more high end and upscale for guys like us, but yeah, it was a good time, and we got some great eye hunts that are rolling out. Got a few that are still being edited. Going to be rolling one out, the new one out this well in the next week or two. So yeah, we're going to be uh, looking for some some new footage coming up uh, in the fall with foraging and mushrooms are in full full go right now aren't they like i, I found a ton of mushrooms or a ton, ton of morels but they're they're everywhere in these fires like what's what's popping right now for mushrooms is there anything
1: yeah i think the morale season's maybe gonna start to come to an end here fairly soon but there's because of all the fires we've had in recent years there's lots of good places to forage for morels and there's been a lot of people going going out after them in in my area the other mushroom that people are going after now are oyster mushrooms they're they're starting to come out pretty good, so uh, yeah. But the, I mean, the best time for mushroom foraging is the fall, typically late summer and fall.
0: So the spring just kind of gives you a teaser and gets you ready for fall. Okay. What? Where do you find oysters? I've never found those. I know morels as well, I was I was walking and yeah,
1: oysters learn. grow on typically grow on dead logs, and uh, yeah, they look like a they almost look like a like a you know a clam shell or something like that. Okay.
0: So they earn the name oyster. Quite honestly. Well, I guess
1: oyster shell. Maybe that's why they,
2: yeah, <laughs> I, don't know why I said
1: clam, but yeah, they they look more like a clam than an oyster, though. They don't really look okay. like oyster shell, though.
0: Okay. Well, yeah, th- like I said uh, before, I, th- I can count on one hand how many mushrooms I'd feel comfortable eating, and I think three of them were from a store. Morels are, yeah. a real morel and like a half free. Just I, mushrooms are something that I've never really dug into too much. And we we stopped for fifteen minutes to stretch our legs while we were hunting this past, well, about a week and a half, two weeks ago. And to, I said to the guys, just, well, let's pull over here on this burn, take a wander through here. And the morels, as soon as you got 30 feet into them, the, the burn, they were just everywhere, absolutely yeah. everywhere. And there's, there's no mistaking them. And that's a great, great learner. It, it's a uh, great, mushroom. great mushroom to start on. People just need to remember that
1: they have to cook them before they eat them.
0: Yes. Yes. I remember reading that. And when I got home, my buddy was here and he'd never tried them before. So I immediately chucked a couple into some butter and fried them up and they were delicious. And I'm not a, I'm not a mushroom fan per se, like not something I I enjoy cooked, but these were dynamite, almost a nutty sort of flavor. Oh yeah. They're fantastic. Yeah. One of my favorites. So we can totally chat about mushrooms there. So let's just let everybody get to episode 13 of the campfire conversations.
3: The perception of hunting, you know, ha- has changed. It's our duty now, our responsibility as hunters, to change it back. I mean, we've spent the last few decades trying, you know, espousing that, that message, preaching that message about wildlife conservation. You know, we've, it's fallen on deaf ears, all of our attempts. I think what, what we have to do is, is maybe uh, appeal to the emotional side or the visceral side we have to tell our story. We know what we are. We know how deeply we care about wildlife. It's just the people out there that are, that are you know, voting to get rid of hunting. They don't understand our stories. Sometimes we, we have to translate it to something that they understand.
0: Joe and Kristen, how are you guys doing?
2: We're doing good. Doing, doing
0: very, very well, good. thank yeah. you. You guys got this sun down there that uh, we was like blazing in my eyes up here. It's something weird because we've had some pretty choking
3: rain for the last couple of weeks, but it's been nice last couple of days. So you guys getting that or what? Yeah, we've had some really nice weather and then today started up pretty nasty, but uh, yeah, it's been beautiful so far yeah. this afternoon.
2: Sun keeps nice. randomly like, popping out. It's nice, yeah.
0: I heard you guys had some flooding or something recently in uh, like the lower mainland. We did have like
3: torrential downpour. There was like just for about two hours straight, we had this really bad rainstorm. So the highways uh, were flooding. So there was a lot of hydroplaning and stuff going on, but um, nothing major, like nothing yet. Like last spring, we had some significant flooding last spring.
0: Oh, yeah. I know today I was uh, going back to work and there was literally a downpour that It was just torrential, wouldn't even be the way to describe it. People were worried. Like, I was getting text messages saying, Are you in this? Because I had to pull over. The the hail was so bad, and and people were concerned that their vehicles were going to get damaged by the hail. It was chucking down so hard. But, as you can see by the. screaming sun it's <laughs> kind of backed off a little bit there so yeah what about you jp I, I know you were complaining last time we talked that it was cold down there i think it was like 18 degrees or something
1: well it was a little cooler than that but it's uh yeah it's it's been cool it's one of the coolest springs we've had we had a, a nice day yesterday then it's uh cool and what again today and yeah it's we've had maybe two or three days without rain in the last two months like even if it rains just a little bit it seems like it's raining every day
0: Oh, yeah. Well, when I was down there in April for Turkey, it was decent though. Yeah. Like, we were we were in t-shirts.
1: Yeah, it was actually just as warm then, just about as it is now. I mean, honestly, oh, this just, just has not warmed up very much. I mean, well, actually, I shouldn't say that. In the last week or so, it's actually warmed up some, but it's still uh,
0: unseasonably cool.
1: And it seems like, same. you know, the trees and gardens are all about a month behind, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys down there, Joe, you guys should be like harvesting your strawberries like for the third time now, right?
3: (laughs) Typically we would be, but it seemed like this year, similar to you, JP. We had a early start. It seemed like spring was going to jump at us really early and then it kind of froze and it just stuck. Like the snow line stayed really low forever. Um, Mm -hmm. and we'd wake up and be like, okay, the snow line's lifting for about a week solid. And then all of a sudden you wake up the next morning and it's like just above your head again. And it was, Okay. it was nasty so now that we're getting some good weather here we're we're really appreciative of it but
0: yeah gonna see what's gonna happen with the gardens up here like we've got like a three week growing season up here as you can well imagine <laughs> it's like <laughs> potatoes and carrots will be, be in, yeah so
2: yeah <laughs> i just planted my garden like what a couple days ago and been kind of lucky though because the weather's been so bad i'm like it's okay that i'm a little late
0: <laughs> oh, yeah it's it's been brutal but yeah, we'll see what happens right yeah. So mm-hmm. that, that's why we do what we do. We, we don't have to rely on the grocery store as well. We might have to <laughs> yeah. this time.
3: So exactly. <laughs> well, salads are just for pictures on the plate, right? <laughs> exactly. Salads are what the food eats. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so
0: let, let's dig into you guys a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those that don't know, who are you? And uh, let's, let's chat about you. Everybody knows. Well, some know Joe, but for those <laughs> that don't, let's, let's start with you, Joe.
3: You got? Oh, start with me? <laughs> yeah, I took you off guard. I saw <laughs> you. Everyone, know, everyone knows me, I was going to let Kristen go first, uh, you know, ladies first. But if you want to start with me, um, I'm, who am I? I'm a host of, uh, I guess I'm going to my fourth or fifth year now with The Edge, uh, which is a hunting show on Wild TV. It also airs in the U.S. on Pursuit and Cowboy Channel. Um, previous to that, I was a professional football player in the CFL. Um, and more importantly, previous to that, I was a small town kid from Brackendale, BC, and I grew up hunting, fishing, and foraging. That's the important part of it. (laughs) Um, so that's, that's a little bit about who I am. And I am also the husband of my beautiful (laughs) wife, Kristen.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm Kristen Appel. I am a couple different things. I'm not a host of a TV show, but I'm a dental hygienist. I am a holistic nutritionist as of recently. I just um, went back to school and got my certification online during COVID for that. And uh, I'm a new mom to our uh, little boy, Junior. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> i i love when joe texts oh yeah junior this junior that i'm like yeah. i know his real name but it's <laughs> yeah. not so, a public thing that gets out there too much
3: yeah so his his real name we call him walker um i call him junior because his first name is technically joseph mm-hmm. um so he has the same first name as me but um we figured we'd let him go by his middle name so every time Kristen yells at me, he doesn't flinch because um, I don't want him growing up with a tick. So. <laughs>
0: That's a brilliant way of doing it. So I imagine by now he'd probably have a tick if that was what was going on. Yeah, absolutely. He's coming up, what, six months, seven months now? Because he's born around Christmas.
2: Yeah, he's going to be six months next week. Yeah. Wow. I know, he's, big boy. He's
0: growing like a weed, isn't he?
2: Yeah. It's it's crazy. Like I see, I see other babies that are older than him. And I'm like,
3: what? <laughs>
2: like oh, it's yeah. just insane how big he is already. Yeah. Well, it's, it's actually no surprise, but we kind of, we no. kind of had that coming. <laughs> Got yeah. the
0: genetics for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, I, I was going to save this till later, but I, I, like I said, I did some Googling of you, Joe, <laughs> and I, we we talked about it. Do, do you know how tall you are on this website? Uh, which website? There's a lot of. I'm websites. not going to say that. Right? Oh. There's a website that I found. Guess how tall you are.
3: How tall I am? I'm going to yeah. guess that I'm, I'm typically listed as six eight. No, you're six foot. I'm but six foot. Weight, What? But your weight is correct. Wow. So you're a, you're built like was that. A, my was that my <laughs> middle school? Was that my middle school website?
0: <laughs> oh, but what's even better? Guess
3: your shoe size. Oh boy. Um. 15, 14? Four. Size four. Size four. <laughs> but your dress size is eight.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. oh so
3: you're talking about high heels yeah high heels on a size four you must have found that other website right. i knew it yeah.
0: <laughs> oh yeah that's that's onlyhunters.com or something right <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other podcast thanks for tuning oh, out, boy. Right. So yeah. that's a complete tangent that i was kind of hoping that we'd get into i but like yeah, it that, i like it that, but you know the most important here they, they ask a question is joe appell dead or
3: alive Apparently, you're still alive. It actually that's, lists that you're alive. That's a good start. Well, if they got that one right, the rest of them must be right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> How the hell do you get that so wrong?
2: Wow. <laughs> I want to know where this is from now.
0: Oh, I'd, I'd have to send you a link. It's it's, it's actually a legit one. No, celebsbirthdaytoday.com oh gosh it's literally yeah. there i'm like what the hell your net worth is like two million Washed up
2: really? oh. just kidding, I'm kidding. I,
3: I was gonna say if it's a celebs.com it must be a different joe <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no there's actually a picture of you there no way
0: yeah it's definitely wow. you that's <laughs> <tell>. kind of funny <laughs> yeah. yeah six foot three hundred pounds i'm like no. Yep. <laughs> no. <laughs> that is not the Joe I know. So She's Joe, you work. are you are
1: six eight, is that correct?
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> I'm six seven and three quarters, but I oh, yeah. steal that extra, you know, quarter of an inch just to make the conversation shorter. Yeah. <laughs> if he's wearing high heels, he's six <laughs> right? eleven. Exactly. I'm I'm the exact height that if I'm walking around the house barefoot, I don't hit the door jams, but if I'm wearing slippers or flip flops, I'll hit a door jam. That's how tall I am.
1: <laughs> and you're and you're exactly a foot taller than me, so there you go.
0: <laughs> and me.
2: And me,
3: hi.
0: <laughs> well, that got awkward real quick, didn't it? <laughs> so Joe, you mentioned that you grew up hunting. Like like what, yes. what age did that start? Was that like a childhood thing or something you picked up in your teens or how'd that work?
3: Yeah, no, I mean, I was, it's funny. I got a few pictures here on my desk. I was just showing my wife I came up. Um, I probably went hunting with my dad for the first time when I was four or five in the truck with him. Um we started dragging out deer with my dad as soon as we could walk kind of thing. Um so I grew up hunting and fishing like literally my whole life. Um my mother ran the local pine mushroom buying station. So we grew up mushrooming, pine mushrooming, chanterelles, uh lion's mane, all of the above. We had our own beehives, like you name it when it came to the outdoors, we were kind of active in all of those fronts. Um I wasn't as um I guess uh, diverse with what we hunted growing up like it was blacktail mule deer and grouse that's what we hunted growing up um so that's definitely kind of spread a little bit broader but uh but yeah no i when i say i grew up hunting it, it was not a late onset career for me it was it, that was my primary first passion for sure
0: i noticed jp's eyes bug out of his head when you said pine mushrooms and mushrooms in general he is a mushroom foraging King, and like I'm, I'm like that video you sent me last year, you Joe. I think you're looking like the little chanterelles or something, or, like the little winter chanterelles.
2: Oh, winter chanterelles. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. We found a huge stash of them there. Yeah, mm-hmm. <coughs> yeah. And JP is all over that. Like when I was at his place hunting turkey, what I was there a day and he already handed me a bag of dried lobster mushrooms. Take these home. Oh, take man. these home. And I, I sent pictures. A couple of weeks ago, I was hunting out uh, towards Vanderhoof and South in a couple of those big burns areas. And we mm-hmm. just stopped for 15 minutes to get out and stretch the legs. And I'm like, oh, morel mushrooms and started filling our pockets. And they were everywhere. And I sent JP a picture and he's, they could just tell the excitement in his. Oh, going, yeah. oh so lucky, so lucky. <laughs> so yeah, foraging is, and, and mushrooming is JP's thing. I Morels, I know. Morels, that's about it. I don't trust myself enough. We like, were out today daughter and I were just bumming around walking through a park and she goes, look, mushrooms, are they edible? And I said once for sure. Right. I, <laughs> they're, I, I, they're all edible once. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know.
3: <laughs> yeah. I, um, yeah, I mean, I grew up mushrooming. i I know quite a bit, believe it or not, morels are probably one of the mushrooms I haven't spent a lot of time yeah. harvesting. Um, but I do every year, I try and learn one or two new types of mushrooms and it's funny because Everybody, like you're hiking with them and they go, oh, what's that mushroom? Can I eat that? Tell me about this mushroom. I'm like, listen, <laughs> it, we're in BC, like literally mushrooms are a fungus and we're in BC, like one of the soggiest places in Canada. Like everything's got a mushroom and there are so many different types. Like you would go insane if you tried to learn every type of mushroom. So I know a good amount, but, uh, I'm sure JP, you could teach me a thing or two as well.
1: <laughs> well, I, I, doubt I could teach you very much, but I, I do really have a passion for it. And I, like you, I try to learn a, a new species every year and I, I just really got into it about probably half a dozen years ago. And, okay. uh, I just kind of discovered it in my, you know, adult life. And, uh, it, I sort of went down the rabbit hole with it and I find it's one of those things that, you know, unlike hunting, it, it's a, it's a low pressure, low stress thing that you can just go out and do in the evening. And yeah. I, 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 find with myself having really been into it now for a while, I, I, really look at the forest in a different way now. And I've actually really enjoyed that transformation, like to really look at the details of things in a way that I hadn't looked at them before. So I think that's one of the things about mushroom foraging is that you just, you look at the ground and, and your immediate surroundings at a level of detail that I don't know who else would look at the, the ground like that. You know, it's just, it's so, so different.
3: I think, I think it ultimately makes us better hunters as well. Um, I mean, I know for a fact when I was growing up, we'd go some of our best pine mushroom spots were in great like blacktail or mule deer country. And if you got to your pine mushroom spot and you found nothing but like little chewed down stumps, you're like, all right, we're going to have a great day deer hunting because they're in the area. And if you got there and, you know, they were still like there, I mean, at least you got a good haul of pines or chanterelles or quite often in blacktail country. Um, so you do you become much more aware of your surroundings and you notice a lot more like you mentioned. and I know Kristen um, has certainly taken a liking to it, which is something that was a, a big plus for me. Um, and, and again, it's a big part of uh, like what she does with her her hunting holistic, the holistic nutrition side is mm-hmm. you know when you're preparing a meal and not only is it just okay yes, this is a wild game, but then this is also everything that we've foraged from that area, I think uh, just takes that whole story and that experience to a whole new level as well. No, yeah, completely. it's really
1: you know it's really satisfying when you have a meal of of locally foraged food. You know everything on your plate is something that you foraged all, you know, within a you know fifty kilometers of your house. Like I, I really enjoy that; it's really satisfying. And the nice thing about mushrooms too is, I mean, there's the the whole of the medicinal uh, side of things, other than the edible side. And and that's you know there's still many advances to be made in in the knowledge regarding medicinal mushrooms. But you know that's that's another fascinating branch of the whole mushroom foraging uh, rabbit hole that I'm sure at some point I'll go down as well.
2: (laughs) Oh yeah. A lot of people in the like holistic nutrition community, they're always like praising mushrooms, um, medicinal mushrooms for certain things, you know, like brain function and all that kind of stuff too. And it's like, Oh, (laughs) talk about bears, bears tooth and all that kind of stuff too. Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh, I literally went out and just (laughs) foraged some like last weekend. They're like, what people are paying like a hundred dollars a bottle for this yeah Yeah, like it's insane
3: bear's tooth and lion's mane mane or nootropics are are what they're going for and it's been a huge boom i think over the last probably Mm -hmm. two years now yeah yeah i I can count on one hand how many mushrooms
0: i'm comfortable picking and i'd (laughs) be like me too (laughs) i'd still be messaging joe or jp going is this an oyster mushroom (laughs) i look at the gills that go all the way up which is what you look for (laughs) I just thought of something,
1: Joe. Um, we have a you know we have a crash test dummy in the mushroom world now. We can always say, "Oh, that's edible." Steve,
3: go ahead, and then we can find out whether oh. it's edible or not. <laughs> oh, cute. I, I cute. might pick I might pick some and then send them to you as well. Just yeah. to say, "Hey, like, awesome. I, I was goat hunting uh, in September last year, and I found this one mushroom, and I, I I never really did a bunch of research into it, but I got these crazy pictures. It was purple and like a velvet type texture to it." but it looked like a standard store-bought mushroom. It didn't look like some of the other purple mushrooms that I've seen in the bush. And I looked at it and I was like, if you take that, you're going to wonderland, like guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> Pink Floyd's going to come on in the background and something's happening.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you're going to end up not wearing pants, recording a podcast, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> so, so Kristen, what about you, uh, with your connection to hunting? How did that start? Did you grow up with it or?
2: No, I definitely did not grow up hunting. I grew up um, in a big city in Ontario, Mississauga, Ontario, Uh, spent a lot of years in Toronto as well, Uh, just kind of living that city life um, until I met Joe and he told me he was a hunter and I, I wasn't really, you know, like, oh... That's crazy. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe you kill animals. I'm like, no, I eat meat. I think that's pretty cool. You know, and then uh, I think actually one of the first times I went over to your house, you were literally butchering a deer in your kitchen. (laughs) And I walked in and he was just like head to toe in blood and like had the quarters hanging in the fridge and was like, yeah, this is the heart. And I was like, what do you do with that? (laughs) <laughs> it's like, you eat it. <laughs> like, what do you mean? <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, so that was like one of our very first interactions. And I just remember thinking like, okay, I could either like run away, <laughs> or I could kind of, you know, immerse myself in and ask questions. And I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. And I think I even got in there and was like, Looking at the heart and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, you were, too, you so. were pretty
3: open minded. I, th- mm-hmm. I think uh, for me, it was a it was a big test. A lot of people say they're <laughs> open to the outdoors and open to hunting and fishing mm-hmm. and whatnot. They really what they want is they want to wear a Bass Pro Shop hat and sit <laughs> on a bass boat or go by a campfire and take a picture and say they're extreme outdoorsmen. But uh, <laughs> I was like, you know what? She says she's cool with the outdoors, so <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we had, yeah, we had yeah. seen each other a few times, and I told her to come on by, and I had a yeah mm-hmm. white tail. That yeah. I had taken all the shelves out of. I was living in a place in Toronto. I couldn't hang it anywhere. So I took all the shelves out of my fridge and I had all the quarters hanging <laughs> in my fridge. <laughs> and I was in the process. It was a of,
2: smaller way, too. <laughs> yeah,
3: it was in the process of butchering it. Thanks for that, huh? Yeah,
2: sorry. <laughs> um, now, that I, you know, yeah, now that
3: I know. But, uh, but yeah, no, you definitely passed the test. And she's been asking questions and very mm-hmm. interested in the whole process ever since. And yeah. I think she's been um, definitely a, a quick and eager learner. Um, and especially on the nutrition side of it, too. It's been pretty cool to watch. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh,
0: that That's amazing. I, I think I've told you before, Joe, that my wife grew up on a, a cattle ranch in Kamloops, like a massive okay. cattle ranch. There was deer everywhere, but her dad didn't really hunt. He was too busy. So she was never really exposed to hunting. And it was the same sort of thing. When we okay. got together, it was, oh, yeah, I'm okay with hunting and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we went out for a spring bear hunt and uh, she was literally, we we're, we were going to walk up a little seismic line, like little spurs where there's nothing but grass between a couple of blocks. And she's like, well, what do I do if there's a bear? I'm like, well, just kind of stay behind me. And she's literally right on my six. And we get to a little (laughs) T-junction about 200 yards up away from the main road. And it goes left and it goes right. And she goes, well, what if there's a bear around the corner? And I go, like that one right there? And there was one at about <laughs> 60 yards and she just literally pancakes the ground, just flattens herself right down. And I lay down, I get prone and I've got my three thirty-eight. and she goes, well, what are you going to do? Like, what if he starts charging us? I'm like, he has no idea we're here. Mm-hmm. So I, I watch him for 10 minutes and I'm like, okay, that's a bore. And she's just, she comes off the ground. She's kind of looking up and she's peering over the little bit of a berm and She's like, "Well, are you gonna take him? Are you gonna take? Are you gonna take them? Are you gonna take them? You're you gonna shoot them, right?" I'm like, "Yep, I'm gonna now." <laughs> just wanted to yes. pass the test, right? <laughs> Boom, down it goes. And she's got more pictures with this bear than I do. Uh, <laughs> so that's- I, we had to take it to the taxidermist. It's downstairs. It ended up going six eight nose to tail, so it was a uh, wow, oh, wow. That's a little bigger than I thought. It was there was no ground shrinkage, but oh yeah, just right in there like a dirty shirt and now she's got her core she's never taken anything which is another funny story we had her cousin over two years ago from belgium so he wants to see everything about bc uh so we take a little drive up uh, one of the main logging roads here 10 minutes from the house and she's got the 22 snowshoe hairs are open so come around the corner and there's a snowshoe hair at about 30 yards right on the corner the sun's In its face, it has no idea we're there. She lowers the rifle. She's got it on the sticks. The safety comes off. She looks at me and I go, if you've got it in the scope, take it. It, I can hear her creeping the trigger up. And then you hear the screech. No word of a lie. A hawk comes in and hammers that snowshoe hair and flies off with it. She looks at me and goes, does that ever happen? I'm like, I've never seen it before. (laughs) Click, on goes the safety. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, she's she tells that story to everybody about her first experience It's like a church. sign. <laughs> yeah, she's like, "Okay, well,
2: I'm apparently, not."
0: <laughs> yeah, so she hasn't raised the the rifle at anything else, but she's right in there like a dirty shirt with game meat, and oh, mm-hmm. that, that's all we eat here. So nice. Speaking yeah. of bears, I hear somebody just got a really really nice one. <laughs> they had their own pack mule. Let's, <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about that, Kristen.
2: Congratulations. <laughs> that was beauty. Thank you. Yeah, I was really excited about that. Um yeah, we uh well obviously since having um uh, having Junior, we haven't really well, I haven't really been able, I shouldn't say Joe. I haven't really been able to get out as much as I've wanted to. Um and we've tried to bring him out a few times, which was great. Um, we had so much fun with him and he was such a trooper. Um, but in you know getting in front of an animal with an infant is is kind of difficult <laughs> um, so we actually had a babysitter that night and we're like hey we'll just be gone for a couple of hours and uh, so Joe and I went up and we got out of the truck we started walking to the cut where Joe wanted to glass a little bit and uh, we walk up and he starts immediately like glassing over to the other to the other side where we were and I kind of looked down and I was like bear <laughs> he's like, what <laughs> what do you mean I'm like right there bear <laughs> and the bear was just like paws up on the tree just kind of playing around um didn't see us but then he kind of got up uh, off the tree and was walking down towards the tree line and he was going to kind of disappear and i was like and then joe finally saw him and um and then we kind of watched it for a little bit and then he started uh calling trying to call it back in with the predator call which we had never really done before, so that was kind of cool to watch that all all go down. Um, and then I had, um, yeah, I had the scope on him, and Joe was watching him. And and the last time I got a bear, there was some major ground shrinkage. So and and not that it really matters at the end of the day, because obviously we still you know, we still eat all the meat. We still are using the animal and I shouldn't feel bad about it. But when you, when you, you know, the drink chink is, is real. Like, it's, it's crazy. So I was like, Oh, I'm going to feel bad if it's, you know, another younger bear. And he's like, no, it looks like a good bear. And then we were kind of humming and hawing for a little bit. I had no idea we were there. It was just came in and Oh, wait. Oh. And then, uh, yeah. And then he's like, I, I turned to him and I said, I think I want to take it. He's like, go. Yeah. Okay. Go. <laughs> and then, yeah, down he went one shot. I think it was a double lung shot.
3: Yeah. It was a clean double yeah. lung. He had, uh, <clears throat> he had came back out into the clearing and, um, while I was calling, I actually told Kristen to go. There was a perfect stump for her to get set up on. So I was like, you go get set up on that stump and just get comfortable. It was going to be a, when we first saw him, it was at 200 yards. I think the shot ended up being 220 yards. Luckily my rifle zeroed at 200. So I told her, was like, Gun zero to 200, just get comfortable, get ready. Um, We're going to put this bear in the spotter first and make sure it's something we want to take. So while I was calling, I'm getting the spotter set up and I'm keeping an eye on Kristen. He was heading into the trees, turned around, came right back towards us and just stood broadside on this log for long enough um, we could ID him. He he was a really nice, like big, long bear. He wasn't a huge fat bear, but uh, still a very nice, Mm -hmm. mature boar. And... We kept his, I'm, I'm, I'm new to predator calling. So, I mean, I kept his attention as long as I could. <laughs> and all of a sudden he turns and he walks again, broadside. He starts Perfect walking back to idea. the trees. And, uh, I just looked at Kristen and she's got an ear plug in, <laughs> oh, yeah. um, being smart and protecting her hearing. Um, I'm not that smart, but I, I, I'm looking through the spotter, and I tell her, I'm like, okay, hey, if you want to take him, now's your time, you know, breathe easy, take the shot. And then all of a sudden like nothing's going on. I'm like, oh, I guess she didn't want the bear. And then she looks at me. She's like, "Can I take the bear or what?" And I was like, "Oh, earplug." I'm like, "Yeah, take them." And I had
2: it in the ear where, and he was on this uh, like on my right side, and I had it just in my mm-hmm. right ear. And yeah. I was talking to him. He was talking to me, but we couldn't really hear each other. And I was like, "I think I want to take it." He's like, "Okay, go." And yeah, yeah, it was. It was, funny. I mean, it was funny the way it went. It down, was a, yeah, It was good.
3: It was a, a double long, but I mean, he literally made it. He was at the bottom of a slash, and he probably made it 15 yards downhill. Yeah. Um, so like. And he piled up and I'm looking, I'm like, beautiful. There was this nice little kind of open area where he piled up and it looked like he was going to die right there. And then he kind of, as he died, he rolled over and his legs went straight up in the air. And of course he tumbled over like a 20 yard cliff (laughs) and went down straight down. Straight down. Yeah. (laughs) And I looked at it and I was like, perfect. That's not going to be a fun pack out, but, uh. Yeah, no, it was, it was a great trip. It was a lot mm-hmm. of fun. That was our, and what she didn't mention is that was our first night having anybody babysit yeah. for us. That was our first time being mm-hmm. away from Junior at all. Um, and the biggest trouble earlier is we could get Junior out, but his bedtime's quite early. So we were never able to stay out for the magic hour. She so just
2: like, started getting real cranky right at the magic yeah. hour. And I was like, oh, I know I'm going to be up all night. I just want to go home. Jill's like, oh, this is the perfect time. <laughs> so
3: then the first time we get out, I'm setting up and I'm thinking we're going to spend the evening glassing and probably put a last light play on a bear. And we're five minutes into getting to the spot I want to get to. And she's already spotted her shooter bear. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's kind of funny how it plays out. It's like sometimes. the
2: universe knew. I just, I don't have time. I just gotta go. <laughs> gotta get it done.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I, I totally feel you with the earplugs. Mm-hmm. I don't go anywhere without them around my neck. I, I shoot without one in. I ring for five yeah. days. I get vertigo. I got terrible left ear already. I don't need any more. That's of what that, happened to so me the last pair. Help. So
2: I said, yeah, this time no. I gotta actually, I should get a nice pair that goes over my mm-hmm. <laughs> my neck too. Yeah,
0: I'll send. I'll send you some. They're okay, great. I, I I get I get great deals oh, on nice. them. So, you know, when I like, I'm so bad with my hearing protection. What after I I got my, uh, well, we were chasing my grizzly bear up a slide. I was we'd taken the boat across the lake, and we were going up the slide and two hour hike. I'd lost my earplugs going through some snow, through some blowdown, and I went back to look for them. Yeah. Yikes. That's how bad. I'm like, they're like, right, let's go. I'm nope. like, no, I can't do this. I, I'll be miserable for the rest of the hunt. But they were orange, they're bright orange, that's so they worked. i found them. <laughs> the that's bear.
3: smart. I don't, I don't know so, if it's from my professional football career and loud audiences or growing up hunting, but I have never shot an animal with earplugs in, and I'm sure it. Uh, uh I'll pay for it one day. Yes, but maybe yeah. that's why my ears don't ring. Is there's only about 50 percent hearing left in them by now? <laughs> oh
0: yeah, my. My my right ear's not bad. My left ear is like the lady's like the, the audiologist mm. is like, do you see this drop? It's straight down. I'm like, that's the end of the the test, right? She goes, no, that's your hearing. I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> can you speak up? I can't quite hear you. <laughs> so that that pack out. Where do we get a Joe? Because that video was nuts. He's got the it's g- gutted clearly. Yeah, yeah. But what kind of what kind of pack was that that you can pack a whole
3: bear straight up a cliff? That is we'll call it a cliff, my it was. beautiful Kafaru Hellbender. Um it's kind of okay. It's got a great meat shelf on it. Um it's got the pack separates, but I mean, it's just um it all comes down to having a sturdy pack system that you trust and being a whole heck load of stubborn and ignorant to strap a bear onto your back. But uh, yeah, no, that was that was a heck of a pack out. Um, yeah. We got up to the bear and, you know, right as the sun goes down this time of year, mosquitoes get real thick and nasty. Um, and I realized I had left my bug spray at home, of course. <laughs> I packed everything else, but I left the bug everything spray. Diane. And we kind of Given where we were, we were down at the bottom of the slash and it kind of sunk in that if Junior did start freaking out or getting cranky or anything, it was like, oh, man, now if I start quartering this bear, it's going to take a long time to get him up there and we're going to get there. You know, what if he doesn't go to bed? Well, for the babysitter and everything. So I was like. I'm looking at the bear and i'm like you know maybe maybe i could do this my wife's here so maybe she'll peer pressure me or i'll you know get some like super you know he-man testosterone flowing through my system or something
2: for the record i offered to help but yeah
3: but uh yeah we did some kind of redneck rigging with the backpack and tighten the straps up and uh fortunately um yeah, it's stuck in there. The big thing I was worried about is it was going to slip out one way or the other. Because believe it or not, bears are not perfectly symmetrical for pack loads. <laughs> That's it's a design flaw. Somebody should bring it up uh, with bears. But um, yeah, no, it worked out. It was it was a it was a fun evening.
2: Yeah, it was nice.
3: Oh, it, it looked crazy. I'm like,
0: holy crap! Because a buddy of mine. I've told you about him before the guy from Vancouver that we went to kindergarten together, that I got into hunting. He came up this two weeks ago. Yeah. About two weeks ago for, for his yearly spring bear. And the last day he was going to leave on the Tuesday. And uh, I said, no, go home the Wednesday. So the Monday night we went out and he ended up getting about, just coming up about a six footer, Mm -hmm. but it ran about a hundred yards into the bush with a double lung and went up a tree. So I had to wait for it to fall out and we had to pack it out through the underlying snow and that sucked. Cause I didn't bring, I only brought my little stone glacier like 3,300 day pack. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> so it sucked. We each took a side and went 15 yards, stopped 15 yards stopped. And, but Got it out. I was, I was super jealous of uh, that pack and, well, namely you for dragging <laughs> it out.
3: Yeah, I, I got the pack <laughs> behind me. I can even show you the, it, the, the new pack systems on the Hellbender and their Striker XL. Um, just the way okay. that it can pull the load shelf. Like, it pulls the load right against your back. Um, and if, if you okay. get it strapped in, like, real nice and tight, um, I mean, don't get me wrong, getting to your feet is not fun. And you got to tighten your boots up to, till your toes go blue. Mm-hmm. Um but once yep. you're standing, it, it's not going to topple you over. Like it's, it's sturdy and it's right against your back. So you're able to kind of get out there. But there, there was a few times where I was, I was resting against stumps and leaning, but the big, I just didn't okay. want, I didn't want my pack to hit the ground again once I was up because the biggest struggle at that yeah. point is just twisting mm-hmm. and getting to your feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I feel that one. I've
0: never yanked out a whole bear, but this past September we had that, uh, big moose we had on the fly and, and we, we had to debone that and do some Creek crossings and same thing. It's all right, ready to go. Yep. Push. Everybody helps you get up and that, that Yeah. Wow. So the, the bear though, we know bear is contentious. Why? We eat it.
3: Why do you think that is? <laughs> if I'll, I'll jump on that one i deal yeah. with i deal with a lot yeah. of hate it's funny yeah, absolutely um, I'm, it, mm-hmm. even for me I'm, I'm it's very obvious if you look at anything about me about my social media anything it's very obvious that i'm a hunter and hunting's what i do mm-hmm. it's what we do it's what we eat all of the above every time i post anything about a bear i get hate mail i get extensive amounts of like unfollowers and blocks and this that and the other and how could you you're a terrible person and and it's strange how people have like created these silos and certain animals are for food and certain animals aren't. And if you look at some of the historic um, information from like settlers to BC, I believe like deer were used for hides and bear were originally hunted for meat. Like that was the original thing. And if you look at the the nutritional value going along with what Kristen does, bear is one of the most nutritious wild game meats yeah. there is. And the the rendered bear fat is one of the most versatile cooking oils you can ever come across. Um But I I honestly think it's just the way that we are all raised, Um, kind of imagining that these bears are these dopey, cuddly Mm -hmm. creatures that never do any wrong and all they want to do is eat honey from a beehive and that's it. Um, People don't see the reality behind these bears and what they're really doing. Uh, And I, I also think people don't understand the fact that, especially in British Columbia, like bears are, I see more bears than I see raccoons. Like they are frigging everywhere. I don't worry about raccoons going into my garbage cans. I got to chase bears out of my backyard, Mm -hmm. right? So, like, they're everywhere. So it's probably one of the most sustainable sources of food and nutrition in British Columbia when it comes down to it. But I think it's just lack of education.
2: Even myself, like before I shot my first bear, um, when Joe said he we were going to go out bear hunting and we had found my, my first bear and he's like, "Do you want it?" And I kind of like take like took myself back for a second I was like I don't know do I want to shoot a bear like like he said like they're so cute or you know you see them rummaging through the garbage you are know, kind of like oh like would that meat be weird or gross or um you know all that, those kind of thoughts went through my head um but then when we had tried it I was like no this is this is delicious it's one of the most delicious meats that we that we eat and we have it weekly if not, not multiple times a week now. Lately, um yeah, yeah lately. <laughs> Very frequently lately. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, so it was it was something that like I had to get over at first. Um but now it's like, oh yeah, no. But I, I do have friends also that are that are hunters that are that say like they won't shoot bears. Like they won't hunt <laughs> bears. And I'm like, why? <laughs> if you're gonna eat it, if you're going to use the whole animal like you would any other animal, like why wouldn't why wouldn't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I agree with that. I think one of the, I think there's a few reasons culturally why bears are a little bit harder for people to understand from hunting. Mm-hmm. I mean, kids grow up with teddy bears. Uh, there's a lot of movies that feature bears that are essentially humans, right? They have a human personality attached to them. And yeah, I think their antics too can sometimes be quite relatable. Right. You know, when you see them do things, and you know, they can pick things up with their paws and bring a jar to their mouth, and you do do things that make them. You look almost (laughs) quasi human. And I think that makes it hard for people to understand that these are wild predators. But what I find interesting in BC is we have, you know, anywhere between 160 and 200,000 black bears. And people that will are actively, currently actively pushing to ban bear hunting in the province have no problem with, say, elk hunting. And we've got like five or six times more bears than elk. You know, like we've got, as, as far as large mammals go, I don't know that anything really competes with bears. So there's this tremendous harvestable surplus of black bears. And, and you're right, Joe, too. The, uh, uh, if you had to pick one large game animal in the province to survive off of, it would be a, it would be a bear. It would not be a deer or an elk because mm-hmm. it's the fat that keeps you alive and keeps you with, you know, c- c- gives you the energy. It's not not really the protein. And bears have a lot of fat. So they're, they're uh, yeah, I think they're an underutilized and and totally misunderstood game animal mm-hmm. by by even many hunters. And as, I think you Christen touched
3: on did. another good topic, the fact that bears outnumber a lot of the other species that we hunt in this province. And um, a lot of the areas that we tend to go to and do our hunting are areas that we like to hunt for blacktail or hunt other species as well. Um, the area Kristen and I both took our, well, Kristen took her, bear out of this spring and i took my second bear out of this spring are areas that um, we've seen a lot of does with fawns and they spend a lot of time in these areas feeding in some of these open spots so we specifically target those areas to help give the black-tailed does and fawns a better chance um and and i think you know for us as as hunters Um, if we're going to say we're focused on conservation and focused on creating a healthy balance in nature, if we're going to constantly pull the deer out of the area, we should probably pull some of their predators out as well, especially in some of these areas where we go in and we see such a huge, like I'll see, I mean, you guys know if you hunted blacktail, you know, like you go out and you'll see a few blacktail if you're lucky and we'll go to these areas. And sometimes in a night, it's, it's not crazy to count like five, five plus bears. And you're seeing more bears than you ever see blacktail in an area. And you're like, well, I know which way I want to try and tip this scale a little bit. <clears throat> mm-hmm yeah it's the same up here a few years ago we got
0: involved with a, a research study just picking up uh bear poop in the spring and uh it, it was something like 11 percent of a black bear's diet in the spring was uh fawns mm-hmm. fawns and mm-hmm. calves that is significant amount when you talk about having a population of, as JP said, 160,000 plus bears, right? That's a lot of damage they're doing in, in the area. And you guys see five, six bears. Like we were seeing, I've, I've told you before, Joe, 15, 20, 30 bears a day up here on, in eight hours, 10 hours. It's insane. It's like, all right, there's another bear. There's another bear. Oh, there's two bears. It's it's nuts. So, yeah, <clears throat> managing something based on its perce- edibility and it's cute and cuddliness is it going to be the, the death of a lot of species around the world, unfortunately.
3: And, and again, the, the key word to what you said there is perceived. Well, um, it's not even like the legitimate yeah. edibility of something, you know, like legitimate ed- mm-hmm. edibility. You want to talk about like wolves or something like that, but perceived or, or and it's funny because some people will say, yeah. well, I would never eat bears, so you shouldn't hunt them. I'm like, well, I never eat tofu. That doesn't mean I tell you where you can go and eat or what you're allowed <laughs> to have. Like I, I'm perfectly okay if you want to go eat your tofu, let me go eat my bear meat, Um, you know.
1: Yeah. And the other thing too, Joe, with the, you know, if we're looking at wildlife management done properly, you know, unlike a lot of other predators, black bears eat a lot of different things other than meat. So... Like you look at cats or wolves, they can they can eat themselves. Or lynx are a good example too. Lynx can eat themselves to the point where, you know, their prey species decline, and then and then their populations decline. But black bears and grizzly bears, because they they're omnivores and they have such a wide variety of foods they eat, they can be a sustained uh, cause of predator stress on a on a population of of prey species without any reprieve at all. Because if if they if they uh, reduce the number of, of one of their prey species, they'll just go eat something else. They might just, you know, become ninety percent vegetarian then, or something. You know what I mean? Like they've, they're they're different than a lot of other predators. They're they're really excellent predators, and you know they're very effective at, at killing ungulates. But at the same time, because they can eat other things, their their numbers aren't regulated by their various prey species, unlike a lot of other predators. So it does really come down to hunters playing that role. Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you uh, nailed it there, JP, with uh, the the links. Uh, two years ago, we started to see them in the winter kind of crash here because the snowshoe hare, their number one prey, it was crashing. And two, like I said, two years ago, their numbers were down. We started to see a ton of snowshoe hares this spring, like everywhere. Just saying, keep that in mind, Joe. <laughs> I'll see you in December. <laughs> Cause it didn't work out last year. Absolutely. Didn't work out last year. So, but yeah, links will eat themselves into a deficit to the point they, their numbers crash. And we don't see that with black bears or grizzly bears, right? As as you said, they're omnivores. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about, you needed a babysitter for the first <laughs> time, but I've seen videos and pictures with you,
3: yeah. little one out <laughs> with
0: you. So w- why, why bring him out? Why do you, why do you want him, uh, out there with you guys for the um
2: for well day. i think joe and i when we before we moved out to british columbia one of the reasons he wanted to move back out here one obviously for his own kind of lifestyle and interest but i think um one of the other main reasons was he said like he wanted to raise a family out here and raise you know his kids the way that he got to grow up because it was And, you know, it is pretty special out here and it is completely different upbringing um, than, you know, the big city or Ontario where I'm from. Not that I didn't have a great upbringing um, or, you know, life growing up, but it is it is different. And, um, yeah, I think that was one of the main reasons why he wanted to move back was to to raise our kids out here and being in the outdoors.
3: Uh, Like for me, just to add on to that, a big part of why um, I wanted to come back here is hunting in the outdoors has had such a huge impact on my life and my um, not, not just, you know, the fact that it's one of my major passions, but how I look at everything in the world. I feel like people who are exposed to the outdoors understand where their food comes from. Like I, I've always been surprised by people that can waste food on their plate or waste food in their fridge. Um, Things like that. Like people that just buy meat from the store all the time, it's nothing. Oh, I didn't eat my dinner. I'm gonna throw half a steak in the garbage. And I'm like, Dude, something died for that. Like that, it blows my mind, and I feel like there's a certain appreciation that comes for that. There's a certain humbleness, or maybe humbleness isn't the right word, but um,
2: appreciation. When
3: you grow up in the outdoors, you also it, it makes you feel small because you realize how much you realize how how much of a small piece of the picture you really are. So you're aware of how you fit into situations. Um, you try and and appreciate your impact on the world in different ways, and I just think it's something that I've really wanted to pass on to. Our our next generation, which is something Chris and I have been very fortunate enough to be able to have a boy recently. And, and, you know, it's something that I hope he will learn to enjoy. I really hope he loves hunting and fishing and mushrooming. If he doesn't, I just hope he loves the outdoors um, because I really think it makes, you know, um, it makes us all better people just to get outdoors, live in. The real world. Uh, everybody, everybody says, "Okay, you came back from wilderness. What's it like being back in the real world?" And I'm like, "No, when when you're in the wilderness, that is the real world. That's where <laughs> life makes sense. That's where that is the real world. You can reframe um, your priorities, become real. You see what what really matters." Um, and I just think it's it's a really big piece that uh, every child should have an opportunity to experience.
2: Yeah. Whenever Joe comes back from a longer trip, nope. you can like, he, you normally, you know, you'd think, oh, he'd be super stressed and oh, I got to deal with all this stuff. Like he's a totally different person. It was, it's like, he totally gets refreshed. He comes home. He's so happy to be home. And he's like,
3: mm-hmm. yeah, I'm also so, bagged and yeah,
2: 20 pounds also, lighter. Yeah,
3: like, yeah. I reek like old European oh cheese yep. or something, but yeah.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I, I feel that one as well. Like my, my daughter, she's, she's going to be, Holy shit. She's going to wow. be 10 in September. And she's come out with me. Uh, as long as I can remember, like, okay, well, mom, you're, you're at work. She's on the bottle now. She's coming with me sitting in her car seat. And she knows where her food comes from. She's done radio interviews with me where the uh, we're promoting like game banquets or something. And the, the announcer will try and trip her up because she was like four or five at the time. And so really, what is your favorite food? And she'll just go <laughs> bear. Oh, <laughs> and she, she loves bear, like bear tacos, burritos, <laughs> bears on There's yeah. so much mm-hmm. you can do with it. Right. And I think it was her fifth birthday. She was, she was off. And, uh, I said, "Well, what do you want to do?" Because it's the end of September. Yeah, Yeah, made that mistake. <laughs> yeah. End of September, and uh, I said, "Well, what do you want to do?" She goes, "Well, it'd be a perfect day if we went hunting, oh God, trapping, and sweetheart. fishing." See, that's the dream. Right? Yeah. yeah, that is yeah. the dream. Exactly. It keep doing yeah. what you're doing, and it'll happen, right? You just the exact same way I started with her. Just. Bringing her, bringing her along, and exposing her. I got some great video of her in the back of my uh, when I had a, a diesel pickup, and she just went, "Dad, stop, 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 stop!" Driving a logging road, I'm like, "What?" Roll down the window, roll down the window. It's about six, and she just goes, "There's a swamp," and you hear, and "She starts calling a moose." I'm like, "Is there a moose there?" She goes, "I don't know, oh but I'm gonna God. try and find one." Right, so she's just. Yeah. yeah. Life imitates. Right. So yeah, c- keep getting them out there because that's where it falls into place. And her favorite gift she ever got was her sixth birthday. I got her a savage 22 rascal. Aww.
3: She oh, loves absolutely. that
0: thing. So yeah, <laughs> keep doing what you're doing. So. <laughs> and I think just your comment there, Joe, even
1: if your child, your boy doesn't decides that he's not going to be a hunter, he's an adult. I think having been out hunting and seeing the whole process, uh, you know, he'll know how to do it if he
3: needs to. Mm -hmm, Yeah.
1: And I think, I think that's another thing that those skills are actually real skills. And I think it's important for kids to learn those things when they're young. I I think also,
3: um, to that point, you know, he'll, he'll understand what he does or doesn't like about it. It won't be these falsified messages or images and lies. Like he'll understand the reality behind it and he can make his own decision. Um, if he doesn't, and again, I really mm. don't want to put that out there cause I really want <laughs> yeah. him to love it, yeah, no, but
1: like, but I'm, I'm not
3: going there. to force him into it either. Um, but yeah, I just, I want him to be exposed to the realities behind where your food comes from, understand true I mean because I think uh being in the wilderness I learned like real responsibilities you know um my father instilled a lot of life lessons into me through the outdoors um you know if you don't you know get your boots ready for the day or something's not right you're gonna be cold and wet for the whole day and there's nobody to blame but you and that's Uh the reality of it and you learn that there's, you know, um, like I respect firearms. Look at what's happening right now with with firearms and the legalities behind it. And I, I honestly truly believe that if kids were raised around guns, raised around hunting and understood, you know, it's not a video game when you put a gun in your hand. It's real life. And had seen something like I've cried when I've killed animals. Like, but it wasn't that mm-hmm. I was crying because I was forced to do it. I was crying because I realized the weight of what I had just done. And, and I still appreciated it and I still respected the animal, but it made me make sure that I, I used that animal to the, the most I possibly could. Um, but then I respect the heck out of guns f- for that reason because I've seen the damage they can do, right? And I think if more people were exposed to that at a younger age in a responsible way, don't get me wrong, it's not just toss your five-year-old a 30-odd six and say, go get them, but uh, but if you if it's done in a responsible way and you teach them those those uh, responsibilities, I think it it does a lot for youth and it gives them a purpose and it gives them, you know, um, it makes you feel like somebody trusts you and somebody really wants you know. It, it makes you feel more mature and helps you grow up too.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it definitely
0: does. It, it does as you said, give you that respect mm-hmm. for life and what what can happen. It, it the pull of a trigger right uh, with that bearer talked about we we stood there as it was taking its final breaths and it was just dead silence him and i both in our mid-40s just went it was just we didn't have to say a word to know what the other one was thinking and then it was a uh, okay Mm-hmm. We had our little moment there, and because it's not easy, right? It's a there's there's too many stigmas that are out there where they they think there's bears and deer hiding around every corner, and we're we're blasting with M16s, right, mm-hmm. and fully automatic, and there's no bag limits, and we don't care. We're just ruthless killers, and that's the complete opposite. And all they need to do is spend a day with us to really, really see what a, what a hunter is all about and how just how deeply we do mm-hmm. care right it's it's never easy to take a life but as hunters we understand that uh, life must end so ours can continue so it's it's a tough thing to to kind of mm-hmm. balance in your head from being a hunter to being a non-hunter but as as long as i i can i want to keep having that connection to my food and knowing where my food comes from so yeah (laughs) tangents we do that all the time but so what do you guys see are the biggest barriers to hunting we've got right now we kind of touched on it there but
2: um i think it's the misinformation and the the educate the lack of education that people have like on my page um I I try to make it a little more evident that I am a hunter. You know, it's my name, and and I do post um do post not to the degree that I would say Joe does, um but I definitely put it out there. And um you know I get messages all the time from non hunters saying, oh you know I have a question. You know, do you actually eat the bear? Because I I just posted about my bear and like oh do you do you shoot the bears? Because you eat them or like why are why are you shooting the bears? Like I'm just asking. And I'm like no, yeah we. Fully use the whole bear. We we cook it like we would, you know, like beef or, you know, things like that. And, um, yeah, I think um, a lot of the misinformation and, and just, you know, education that people need for it. Like, I guess, I don't know what I'm trying to say. But yeah,
3: <laughs> like... I, I, just to tag on to that. No, I think you did a really good job there. Um, I think misinformation yeah. um, is a big part of it right now. A lot of the groups coming against hunters right. are using really cheesy... Um, trigger warning, one-liners, um, and headliners that, and, and and a picture that completely skews what's really happening, um, and it's really easy to do for one side of the argument. And our side of the argument, unfortunately, isn't as easy to spin. We can't do it with a with a one-liner. We can't do it with just one image and tell our whole story. Our whole story has to do with a lot more than just a picture and a heartstring. Um, And I think that's a big part of it. I think a lot of today's youth are not being raised outdoors. Uh, People are given an iPad or an iPhone and told to sit in a corner or, you know, they're raised in these major metropolitan areas where they don't get exposure to the outdoors. They don't understand what it really is like, what our grizzly bear population is like, what our black bear population is like. They think, well, I live downtown Vancouver and I haven't seen a grizzly bear in a week, so they must be extinct. No, if you left Vancouver, if your parents took you out to the back country or left, you know, because, I mean, in BC, we, you know, ha- like we inhabit type whatever the word I'm looking for. We live in a very small portion of the province. If you actually get outside that portion of the province, there's animals everywhere. Um, but most people aren't aware of that. They're not exposed to it. And I also think that, um, you know, without s- sounding too much like a tin hat where um, today's media, uh, like if you look at movies, If you look at any cartoon that kids Mm -hmm. watch these days, hunters are always portrayed as these big rednecks that want to shoot everything. And you know, the, the main character in the the movie is a, is a raccoon or a deer or a bear that has to go through the full year being hunted by this evil hunter that wants to take them no matter what. And it's like, it doesn't talk about the fact that there's seasons and age limits and all of the above and the full balance of it all. So I think um, we've, us as hunters and outdoorsmen and outdoors women uh we have the cards kind of stacked against us where we we have to stick to the truth um we have to tell a long full story um and we have to um like talking about taking an animal's life and we've talked on this podcast about the fact that we've both been brought to tears before or many of us have been brought to tears for killing animals in the past but in reality i mean i have a hunting show when you see me kill an animal on the show you're not going to see me cry because I'm excited because for me, I know what I've gone through to take this animal. It doesn't mean I don't have those deep moments where I'm, I'm really introspective and have those moments of appreciation for the animal. But I'm also celebrating the fact that I've been on a week-long hunt and I've been working how hard to harvest this animal. And I'm celebrating everything else that has gone right. Um, and sometimes all that information isn't transferred properly through the media, through our social Instagram. media, through yeah. the newsletters, through the you know, articles. Um, And there's a lot of groups right now that are very well funded that want to spin the stories in the exact opposite way. So there's a lot to it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think you crushed it. Right. That almost. Yeah, that was, that was very well said, Joe. And that's exactly what it is, right? It's, it's a misinformation, not, not an ignorance thing per se right there it's more of a as, mm-hmm. as you say they're getting the wrong messaging and that's why we do what we do with one campfire right and and we're thankful for people like both of you who do the same sort of thing that we do right it's never about ha 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 in your face look what i just did right there's there's too many out there that do that and they they dig us holes and the, the four of us sitting right here do do our damnedest to try and dig us out of those holes so coming up on an hour truly appreciate both of your time and yeah jp anything to add
1: no thanks for taking the time to talk with us mm-hmm. tonight we, no. we would love Good it time. i do have Did to say one thing
3: um on kristen's bear hunt our lucky charm that night is both Kristen and I were wearing our one campfire yes, t-shirts. Yes, that's true. I don't know if you noticed that in the picture. We were both wearing our one campfire <laughs> t-shirts when we harvested that bear, so it it's got to be yep. good luck. It, it has to be good, good karma or good luck or something. So absolutely, yeah. I had to mention that. That's a good mojo. yeah. exactly. Because because we know it's
0: we know it's going yeah. to the right place. <laughs> we know it's for the right reasons, right?
2: Oh my no, god! We yeah. We're always for you guys. You guys. Actually,
3: absolutely. There's uh, there's enough people trying to spin the dialogue the wrong way I think uh everybody needs to support people that are you know doing their best to tell the true story and I think you guys have been doing a really really good job um drawing light to the to the true side of things to the right people that are hunting the fact that you know not everybody is a whiskey swilling redneck out there just (laughs) trying to shoot something every season of the year um there's a lot more to it and and I think you guys are doing a really really good job and fighting a good fight for us thanks guys